Let's take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 20. Begin reading in a few moments with the 19th verse. Some of the National Guard that had been in Afghanistan for the past year got back to South Carolina this past week. Don't you like it when they have those stories on the news when a serviceman gets home and, and the family doesn't know he's coming and he surprises them? You know, they walk in and, and oh, there he is, my goodness. You know, and, and his wife kisses him and he picks up his little children. And, you know, it's just, just so much joy in a scene like that. It, here's a, a man who's been in harm's way. He's been afraid afraid he's not going to be able to come back and take care of his family. His wife's been afraid, afraid that she might never see him alive again. But now it's all changed. He's home. He's safe. You know, there, there's, it's just a scene of joy. It's a scene of safety. It's a scene of peace. The passage of Scripture we're going to look at today has some of those same elements in it. Think about what the people involved in this must have been feeling when this happened. John chapter 20, beginning with verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands inside. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, we're going to be thinking some about the words of the risen Christ, but we're going to think first of all about his presence. Here were the disciples gathered in a room, doors locked for fear of the Jews, and all of a sudden, Jesus appeared. They weren't expecting Jesus to appear. They were totally surprised. And, and Jesus was standing there among them. He spoke to them, and then he showed them his hands and his side. He was showing them, it's really me. I'm really the Jesus that you've known for years now. I'm really the Jesus that you worked with and walked with and shared with. I am the Jesus you saw crucified on the cross. You see, the Lord had fought his battle too, hadn't he? He had gone to battle against the forces of sin, and he had won. And he had gone to battle against death itself, and he had won. He was the crucified, now risen, victorious Lord. And he brought to his disciples his very presence so that they would know that it was him and so they would know that he was alive and so they would be able to listen to what he had to say. So Jesus came and he gave the disciples his presence. And I'm sure they were overjoyed at what he was saying to them and just his being with them, Jesus still comes to us. He is still the risen Lord. He is still the one who keeps his promise. 
You remember what he said? I will never leave you. I am with you always. I will never forsake you. He is here with us. He is here with us today. He is here with us day by day. He walks with us day and night. We live in the presence of the risen Lord. Now, we're thinking about the words of the risen Christ. So he had something to say to his disciples when he came and shared his presence with them. And what he said to them applies to us as well. Notice what he said to them. Peace. Twice he said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. The disciples needed to hear Jesus say, peace be with you. You see, they need to hear those words because they were afraid. They were behind closed doors. They were locked there behind closed doors because they had seen what had happened to Jesus and they were afraid that they were known as followers of Jesus and that the same thing might happen to them. So they were hiding out, afraid. And they needed to hear Jesus' peace. They needed to hear Jesus' peace as well. Because even though they had been with Jesus, walked with Jesus, lived with Jesus, served with Jesus, in the end, they had let him down. They had failed him. One had denied him. When he was arrested, the rest of them ran off. They let him down. They needed to hear the man they had let down say to them, Peace be with you. They needed to hear his word of peace because he was going to give them a challenging task. And I'm sure when they heard what he had to say to them, they were going to think, what? How can we do that? How can we get the resources for that? So they needed to hear, peace be with you. We need to hear Jesus say to us, peace be with you. For sometimes we are anxious. Sometimes we suffer a loss. Sometimes we're confronted with situations over which we have no control. And we're anxious. Sometimes we fail the Lord. Sometimes we fall into some sin. Sometimes we know that there's something that He wants us to do and we don't get it done. And sometimes He comes back and He asks us to do it again and we're thinking, how can we do that? And we need to hear His peace be with you. We need to hear it when we're anxious. Scripture says, Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and supplications, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Peace be with you. When we sin, when we fall short, when we fail, we can trust in His peace. The Scripture says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have it. He gives it. Even when we fail. Remember the psalm that we read at the beginning of the, the service this morning? God is compassionate. 
God is gracious. He does not reward us as our sins deserve. He removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Peace be with you. Your sins have been taken away. Peace be with you when He calls and challenges you to share the good news and to tell about Him. Peace be with you because He gives your Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit comes to us so that we can be witnesses. Oh, like the disciples, we need to hear Jesus say, <clears throat> Peace be with you. Jesus spoke something else. He spoke to them about purpose. He gave them a purpose. He said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Did you know that John is 21 chapters long? In 16 of those chapters, Jesus has something to say about his being sent from God. Over and over again, he reminds us he has been sent from God. Just one example. Here in chapter 3, verse uh, 20, it says, excuse me, 30, it says, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Jesus didn't come to please himself. He came to please the one who had sent him. And over and over again, he reminded his followers that he was sent. And now the risen Christ comes to his followers and says, As God sent me, now I am sending you. And when he sends them forth, he sends them forth with authority. He says here, If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. We are sent to share the good news of Jesus. We are sent to tell others about Him. We are sent to tell your sins can be forgiven. You can turn from them and receive forgiveness. And those who respond, receive forgiveness. And those who don't, don't have a forgiveness. Well, some are going to respond, some aren't. But He gives us the authority to share and to give them the opportunity to decide whether to accept His forgiveness or not. He sends them with authority. We are sent to proclaim. We are sent to tell the good news about Jesus. That's our job. That's our purpose. We've got to go, and if we don't go, people won't hear. There are 4 billion non-Christians in the world today. 4 billion. One and a half billion hadn't seen a Bible, don't know who Jesus is, have never met a Christian. Why have so many not had the opportunity to hear? It's not because God doesn't love them. Scripture says, for God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. It's not because Jesus didn't die for them. Scripture says that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. It's not because God doesn't want them saved. God, the Scripture says that God wants all to come to repentance. He wants all to come to know Christ and have a knowledge of the truth. It's not because He hasn't told us to go, for He told us to go and make disciples of all nations. It's not because He didn't give us power, because He has given us power. 
He said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be witnesses. What's going on? Why haven't more heard? I'm afraid. It's because we don't center our life purpose in God's purpose. God has a purpose. And that purpose is the salvation of the world. And we, if his followers, are supposed to join with him in that purpose. We kind of think that our purpose in life is to be happy, and God's supposed to help us with that. We get it backwards, don't we? We want him to help us fulfill our purpose when really he wants us to help him fulfill his purpose. And he gives us the opportunity to participate with him. And, and so we should be willing to say, God, what do you want me to be? God, what do you want me to do? We should be the ones who are missionaries. Now, being a missionary isn't just something geographical. It's something of the heart. We should have a missionary heart so that we're concerned with the people that we meet. And we want to share with them and tell them the good news and give them the opportunity to come to Christ. Scripture says that we are a royal priesthood, that we tell forth the praises of Him who called us from darkness into light. And we are to tell others about Him. If we're serious about the being sent, we're serious about letting our purpose line up with God's purpose, then we're going to pray. We're going to pray for those who are lost, that they will come to receive Jesus as Savior. We're going to pray that there are laborers sent out into the harvest field so that they can tell others and bring them in. We're going to pray that God will give us opportunities to share with those who need to hear the good news. And not only are we going to pray, we're going to proclaim We're going to tell what Jesus can do based on what the Word of God says. We're going to tell how He changed us. We're going to encourage people and seek to get them to the place where they desire to follow the Lord Jesus. You know what else we're going to do? We're going to warn people. Listen to what the Scripture says. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. People need to be warned. They need to be know that if you keep on living in sin, if you keep on rejecting Christ, then you face the wrath of God. People don't seem to know that today. There's no fear of the Lord before many people. And it's dangerous because it's sending them off into eternity without the Son. And without the Son, they don't have life. So we proclaim and we adjust our lifestyle. We adjust our lifestyle. We don't spend so much time trying to have a good time ourselves that we don't have a time to do what God has called us to do. We don't spend so much of our resources getting bigger and better and more comfortable and more luxurious in everything we possibly can so that we don't have enough to give so that the good news of God can be spread. Average American makes more in a week 
than many people in the world make in a year. We have an abundance and we should be investing that abundance in carrying forth God's purpose. But it's easy for us, even as followers of Christ, to get caught up in our materialistic society and use everything we can scrape together for ourselves instead of investing it in God's purpose. We are to be sharing the good news. Why? Listen to what the Scripture says in Romans. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? We've got to be serious about telling and about sending so people can follow what Jesus wants us to do take up His purpose and center our life purpose and His purpose. But we don't do it in our own power. Christ didn't think that we could do this by human power. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit was given. Jesus in another place, excuse me, Jesus in another place promised the disciples that The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He gives us the power. He doesn't leave us to depend upon our own strength. We go in His power because His power, the power of the Spirit changes things. Remember remember when God created Adam, formed Adam out out of the clay, And then the scripture says that God breathed into him the breath of life, and man became a living being. That breath of life becomes the breath of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives when we accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. It empowers us, and it changes us. Think what happened with the disciples. Here they were locked up behind closed doors. Jesus came and gave them a purpose, spoke His peace to them, gave them power. In a few days, they were out wandering the streets of Jerusalem at the temple proclaiming that Jesus had been raised from the dead and that He is Christ, He is Lord, He is ruler, He is Savior. And when they were arrested by the very ones who crucified Jesus, they stood before them and said, we're going to obey God rather than men. They became bold and powerful through the Holy Spirit. And we as the people of God need that power. It's not enough to go through the motions of church. It's not enough to do some kind deeds along the way in our own power. We need to pray for the Holy Spirit to empower us. We need to ask Him to come. You remember that passage of Scripture that Lindsay read? Remember how it ended up? Just as a father's not going to give his son a snake for a fish, neither is God going to give us something harmful. But when we ask Him, what does it say? He will give us the Holy Spirit. Now, we get the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus as Savior. He comes into our life. But we don't ask for His filling very often. 
We don't ask him to come and invade our lives, to cast out what shouldn't be there, and to give us the power to do what he wants us to do. Have you ever been to a restaurant, especially around breakfast time, and you know the waitress is going around with a you know a cup with a with a, a coffee urn, and you know somebody you know is sitting there, and she comes by and says, "You want some more coffee?" And the person says, "Oh, I've had enough," and they put their hand over the cup. No, thank you. I've got enough. I'm afraid we do that to the Holy Spirit sometimes. We stick out our hand and say, "That's enough, Lord. Don't want any more. I'm fine like I am." Go on about your business. Jesus said, receive power from the Holy Spirit. He wants to give us His Spirit. He wants to fill us with His Spirit. Peace, purpose, and power go together. For when you have the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out God's purpose in the world, then you have the peace of Christ in your life. And that's how He wants us to live. So, do you need Christ's presence today? You need Jesus to walk with you? To be a part of your life? To surprise you and catch you thinking, wow, He does care for me. He does love me. He does want to be with me. He does want me to follow Him. Do you need Jesus' presence today? Would you open your life to the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you escape the condemnation that's upon you and receive the forgiveness and the life that He wants to give? Would you come and accept Jesus as Savior? Maybe today you need to hear Jesus speak to you. You need to hear him speak his peace. Because you're going through a rough time. And you need to hear Jesus speak peace. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to get you through this. You can trust me. I'm there all the way. You need to hear him speak his purpose today. This is what I want you to do. And you feel him tugging at your heart. You're understanding what He wants you to do, how He wants you to invest your life, who He wants you to go and talk to, who He wants you to do some act of kindness for so that He might be glorified in their life and before them. You need His power. Lord, I want to serve you. I'm not making much progress. Oh, come and fill me with your Spirit. Do you need Jesus' presence today? You need to accept what Jesus is saying to you today. Our imitation hymn is 552.